Welcome to Stefan and Friends. This is episode three of this experiment. Not sure how many episodes we're going to get in this experiment, but we're, we're here. We're here now. All right. So it's episode three, Stefan and Friends. Big news. We are now on Apple Podcasts. We are now on that Spotify. So if those are your, your, your pod catchers of choice, we out here, fam. We're, we're doing it. We're making movements. Yeah, so we're th- we're there. So you can like, share, subscribe from those if you're not a Substack person. I like Substack. Substack's pretty cool. It's got the little footnotes. I can like write like a like an essay, add a couple of uh, footnotes and make you scroll down and be like, oh, this is what he meant. Anyway, so that's where we're at. Uh, this is episode three, like I said before. This week, going to do uh, an interesting topic. Going to talk about something. I think we shun away from talking about. Um, we sort of just decided not to talk about it in the church, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. There are a lot of pluses and negatives. There are a lot of positives and negatives to this one. But before we do that, I want to make sure you remember what we talked about last week. Uh, in our last episode, we looked at Minding the Gap. And that might be a part one because I feel like there might be some other people I know who might want to chime in on that one minding the gap and identifying some of the areas that cause some issues for younger leaders with older leaders and then the flip side older leaders with younger leaders Um, and these are conversations that we need to be having so that we can identify these areas and then work to solve them and it's again like I said last week it's not on one side it's not on our gen z the 50 plus year old leader there has to be a meeting in the middle so that both sides understand that and then we can move forward from there and help those that are in ministry and also show, hey, this is where you want to be. You're actually going to be hurt. This, the rumors of, of what people are like aren't all true. And I think that we need to help solve that problem. So that was last week. Go back, take a listen. Episode two. Go back to the first one. Take a listen. The call. Episode one. I think they're decent. I think they're actually really good. But as I said before. I'm still finding my my podcasting legs like it's been a while. So still trying to find those. Um, Yeah, this this space right here, I want to insert like a, a, a pause for for a sponsor. Am I getting too far ahead of myself? Probably am. Uh, but listen, if you have a product you want to hawk, um, you know, you want to sell. Holler at your boy. Uh, but before we do, before we get into the main, main event, main subject, what Bibles are people using? I just want to know, like my church were an NIV slash NLT type of place. I like the NLT. Uh, my lead pastor, he uses the NIV and I don't know if that's just from an old school approach or, you know, if you, if you've used it for so long, why, why mess up the flex? You know what I mean? So I don't know, but I'm interested, like what Bibles are people people using i i've heard about the passion translation i don't know about all that that's in the passion translation that requires a little bit more work i don't think that that's a bible that i can use but maybe hey listen if you use it holler at me let me know uh but i don't know anyway this week on stefan and friends without friends i want to talk about the dreaded p word It's a word we don't talk about in church. It's a subject we don't broach in church. 
in this country anyway. America is a different place, as we all know. But the word I'm talking about is politics. Uh-oh. Yes, I'm going there. I'm stepping into the, the, the ooze, the grossity, the, the sickness that is. Well, I'm not really stepping into it. I want to look at politics from this perspective. The perspective of church people. You know, the last, oh boy, what are we, 2023? So 10 years or so, maybe, you know, going a little further back, have been quite crazy in politics. And I think a part of that the, we can attribute to the rise in social media, of course, the rise in, you know, not only just social media, but the rise in people using social media. Like, remember when Twitter first started? Twitter was cool because there was only like 15 of us on there. And now, like, Twitter's accessible, and we can't even really blame Elon Musk. He holds some blame, but we're not going to fully blame Elon. It just was starting to become that way towards the end. Uh, so politics has just been crazy, in part because of social media, in part because of what I talked about last week. There's multiple generations on the earth at the same time and multiple different viewpoints. And we're becoming more aware of things that are going on, right? Like we're becoming more aware of what's happening. That's And that, again, is, yeah, yeah, we can relate that to social media. Just like the the earth is moving closer and closer together. We know what's happening in China at this very moment. Like, we know what's going on in the world. We're aware. We're more aware. Dare I say, we're more woke as an entire globe to what's happening on the other side of the globe. And so a part of, uh, a part of that has really impacted and shifted how we view politics. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been... Uh, some political things that have been going on forever. And one of the books I read a few years ago, Kristen Kobe Dumay, Kobe, Kristen Dumay. Um, sorry, I messed up her name. If you ever hear this, Kristen, I, I totally apologize. But Jesus and John Wayne and just looking at how, um, just how the religious right in the States has progressed over the years. And so what does that mean for us today? And I think that this is where I get, I get a lot of pushback or push forward. I don't know. It depends on how you look at what I'm about to say. People, for some reason, seem to have co-opted Jesus into every movement. And everything is political now. So Jesus is political now. Jesus is a liberal. Jesus is a conservative, a Democrat, a Republican. Jesus is a part of Black Lives Matter. Jesus is a part of the LGBTQ, right? Like, Jesus is everywhere. And yet, everybody hates Jesus. <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? Like, you, we don't want Jesus' ideals everywhere, but Jesus is everywhere. And what makes this such a controversial topic, I don't even know if it's a controversial topic. It's really just a topic we, we avoid and because we've avoided it for so long, we can't actually discuss it with any sort of like, hey, let's talk about this without getting very upset at the other person. We can't talk about politics without getting red in the face. Because we've avoided it. We like Jesus doesn't wave a flag. Jesus 
he doesn't wave a blue flag or red flag of rainbow flag. Jesus isn't waving these flags. And when I reference the rainbow, I'm going to reference it in terms of what it's used for major in a in a you know in today's society, not the biblical rainbow. Jesus is always on on a team. Famously, Christians are conservative because Jesus would be conservative. Because G- the conservatives in Canada and the United States stand up against, you know, the things that Jesus was against. Um, which is very, very funny. Because if you look at the founding of a lot of parties, a lot of political parties, especially in in this country... You're looking at people who were Christians. Tommy Douglas was a, a Baptist minister. He he's the founder of the NDP. Obviously, we know the founders of the conservatives and liberals. They were Catholic Christians and whatnot. And so, all of our political parties actually start somewhat from christian roots now whether they remember that or not that's a different conversation but where it gets to you and i humans leaders is when we take a stand on a soapbox and wave a flag and that's what a lot of us do without really thinking about it we wave a flag we wave the blue flag we wave the red flag I know people who wave wave the orange flag. And sometimes, nay, not sometimes, a lot of the times, what ends up happening is we end up getting into these conversations with other Christians who wave a different flag. Like, I, I'm always going to be a bit contrarian. It's just, I, you know, I grew up playing video games. I don't know if you guys remember this, but EA Games... Their tagline was challenge everything. Right? If you remember, you turned on an EA Games game back in the day, you'd go, EA Games, challenge everything. Right? So that sort of stuck with me. And so I love I like to challenge the Christian who waves a liberal flag because I just like to challenge. And so I I, I try to, you know, poke holes in their liberal Christianity. But at the same time, I like to challenge the Christian who waves a conservative flag because I just like to poke holes. Or the Christian who waves an NDP flag. I think that when we co-opt Jesus into our earthly structures, our earthly kingdoms, we have to put Jesus in, we have to make Jesus fit into the box. So Jesus would be anti this. Jesus would be anti that. But because Jesus would be anti this and anti that, he has to be this. Like I remember one time challenging someone who said uh, something about, you know, we should vote conservative. Was it conservative? Maybe conservative. It had to be conservative. We should vote conservative because conservatives stand up for Jesus or what Jesus would stand up for. And my immediate pushback is, well, the the NDP want, you know, everyone to be equal and have access to health care and have access to dental care. And the NDP want to 
take care of the poor. Shouldn't that be what we should be standing up for? So yeah, things like that. I like to poke holes in them. And I'm just talking about Canada. Because if we look to the United States, dear Lord, the United States and, and how they have co-opted Jesus into, into their parties, it is a mess. It is a hot mess. It is not good. And it leaves people more co- just confused. Forcing people to not just choose Jesus, but choose a side in the great battle. And I don't know, you know, like, I don't know if there's a way back. Pandora's box is open, and I don't know if there's a way to close it. We have people who call Democrats Democrats. Meanwhile, Raphael Warnock is a minister. Like, how do we, like, who are we to call someone, you know, like, I just don't get it. Stacey Abrams, again, um, a I believe she's a Democrat in Georgia. Her, the way that she gained support, the way that she rose to prominence is that she was using church planting books on how to drum up support, on how to get people to help her. It's actually kind of wild. And and she would say she's a Christian. So so why do we why do we feel the need to yell at other people who don't hold the same political beliefs as us? And how do we stop it? I think that one, the reason we yell at people. And by yell, I mean, like, social media yelling. It's social media. People just go nuts on social media. Myself included. I'll say almost anything I feel like saying. That's a lie. I say a good majority of what I feel like saying. Sometimes I hold it back. But at the same time, if if I say something, I'm expecting somebody to call me out. Because somebody will. And I have no problem having the conversation. It's the people who just like go on and on. And then when you try to challenge them, they just, they just like, they run away and hide. Those are the people that you're like, what is wrong with you? Like, why are you this way? I think that we have gotten so close because of social media is that we're seeing people a little more closer than we thought we did before. Like we're, we're, we're seeing people clo- up close now. And what we're seeing, we don't always like. So like celebrities who who didn't maybe come out and publicly say that they supported Donald Trump, but deep down they supported D- Donald Trump. 15 years ago, you wouldn't have seen that. But now you're seeing it and you're like, but that's my favorite actor. That's my favorite actress. Like I, I wish we could get away from this idea of if they don't support my political idea, we're throwing them out with the bathwater. Like I saw a clip on YouTube of of a church where he 
the preacher, the pastor, kicked people out who voted Democrat. Come on. And I think the thing that, not that I think, I know the thing that really actually bothers me about it is that we make it harder to reach people with the gospel because the gospel is for everyone. The gospel isn't just for Republicans. It's not just for conservatives. The gospel is for, for Democrats, for liberals, for NDPers, for, you know, People's Party of Canada. Like, I, like, the thing that should count the least on, on, like, on people, the thing that we shouldn't hold against people is their political viewpoint. And here's why we shouldn't hold that against people. Christian or not, because we don't walk in their shoes. We don't know the person that walks into our churches who who's low income, who really could need some some free dental care. We don't know that person's life. We don't see them the way God sees them. We see them as a as, as someone who should be voting for our side because they're Christian. We don't see the opposite sides of things. We don't see people's lives unless we're walking with them day to day. We don't understand what it's like to be the single mom with two kids who has to work three jobs, busting her you know her her you know what to make a living to provide. We don't see that. But we hold it against them who they vote for. We hold it against them because they've put hope in someone, some political party. But it's our job to introduce them to hope, true hope in Jesus. But when I see clips of, of preachers preaching against somebody, they, like they're taking up their sermon time to preach against a political person, a political party. What are we doing? Like, why? The gospel. It's the gospel. That's what, that's what people need to hear. I know too many people who live life based on a political ideology and not live life based on a Jesus ideology. Jesus didn't care about these world systems. He didn't care. Like, I don't even think he would care about, you know, politics in the way that people, Christians care about them. Leaders care about them today. And let's, let me, God forbid, I even talk about convoys of freedom. A lot of mercy. <laughs> you remember during the pandemic or towards the end of the pandemic, we had the freedom convoy in Canada. And listen, full disclosure, all right? Full, full disclosure. In the early, early, early days of the freedom convoy, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is kind of cool. People are losing their jobs. Let's, yeah, let's have a healthy protest. But as the convoy rolled on and then became just a bit more ridiculous, I was like, all right, let me, I'm going to go from supporting to just mocking ridicule because you guys are on nonsense now. That's where the craziness comes in. I'm out. 
but you had people there praying, right? Praying for Jesus pray, or praying to Jesus and, you know. It's also wild. Like, remember January 6th in America after the election in 2020, people were storming the Capitol and people were in, like, the Capitol rotunda where they shouldn't have been. And people were praying. And you're like, and I'm sitting there going, you, you've broken in somewhere. And you're praying. I don't, I don't know about all this. I don't think so. I don't think, uh, I don't know if that's a God honoring prayer. I don't know if God's going to be able to honor that. But this is, you know, this is our world today. This is 2023. God is every in everything. God is a part. Jesus is a part of every political party in every political action. And I think it's up to us as leaders to bring people back to a place where they recognize that earthly systems, earthly kingdoms, they really can't contain Jesus. Jesus fits in every political party and Jesus doesn't fit in every political party. Jesus isn't a political figure. He's a savior of the world. And we have allowed Jesus to be co-opted into these movements. We've allowed Jesus to be co-opted into conspiracy theories. And Lord, I don't even, I'm not like, I don't want to chew off your ear talking about conspiracy theories today. But the amount of conspiracy theories out there where, where you know, people are receiving a word from the Lord to do these things. Okay, one more, one more, one more. You remember, like, in the election of 2020 in America, when, when they're praying for uh, Donald Trump and the, the angels from Africa were coming. Like, come on, man. I hate looking, like, listen, one of my biggest things as a pastor, as a leader, even, like, in my, in my, my week, my day-to-day job, like, I hate looking stupid. Like, I just hate it. I hate looking stupid. I hate looking, like, just dumb. I hate it. And as believers, man, we looked really stupid, especially in times of elections. We look real dumb. We just look like the, like, and I try to tell people that's not the gospel I preach. You know, I try to share like the real gospel with people and I don't want people to think that we're nuts. Now I am Pentecostal though. So, but I like, anyway, Jesus is not political. And when we as leaders approach Jesus that way, when we as leaders can teach that to our people, I think we as believers can start to clean up a little. Yeah, you can pray for the president. You can pray for the prime minister. You can pray for your elected officials. But beyond that, if we're getting into bed with them, beyond that, beyond praying for them, if we're, you know, if we're saying that people on the opposite side are demons or demon-possessed or or that they're not following Jesus, man, I, 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 we're not doing it right. My last thought on this is if we're going to operate like that, how does that help our witness of, of Jesus? How does that help us reach people for the kingdom? My primary thought as a leader, especially when we have to wade into the world, when we have to, you know, is how does this, how does my voice help lead people to Christ? 
And if it's not helpful in leading people to Christ, is it worth my voice? So if the conversations, if our, if our preaching on politics, if our conversations about politics aren't helpful in leading people to Christ, in helping people to see that Jesus wasn't a part of the political structure, right? Jesus didn't come to operate in the political structure of his day. If we can't help people to see that, then what are we doing as leaders? I like Andy Stanley's book, Not In It to Win It, because it reminds us that we don't get into the political realm to win. Politics is a dirty, dirty game. If you've ever seen The Wire, you know that. It's not what it's about. Politics is not going to be where the kingdom is won or lost. And we can't rely on politics to help us win the kingdom. Help us win this earth for the kingdom. It's us, the hands and feet. We need to be out there meeting people where they're at and meeting their needs and seeing them. And I think that can help us be better. And that can help us talk about politics, maybe. Maybe? Nah, probably not. Anyway, thanks for checking out this episode of Stefan and Friends. You can like, share, and subscribe on your podcast or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Substack, on the IG, Stefan and Friends, coming just now. We got guests coming up. I promise it's going to happen. Thanks for checking out this episode. Share it with like eight friends, eight friends. Find eight people, eight people. Share it with them. I appreciate it. Peace out.